Hey everyone, it is Daishian Miller and we are here with our uh, next episode of Kuden Podcast, Kuden Radio, whatever you want to call it. <clears throat> anyway, uh, while I was uh, thinking about the topic for this, because they all kind of like, I don't know, they, they both leapfrog off of each other, but there's also branches and things based on questions that come in and, and all that wonderful stuff. Um, but uh, thinking about the last couple of episodes and the questions that came in about training with teachers and, and whatnot, um, I thought I'd do kind of a, I don't know, kind of a connection, right, where um, it kind of springs off of what teachers have taught me, but what it really led to was realizations, okay? So uh, let me just start off with this, and then we'll officially kick things off, right? Um I'll let you soak on this, or I'll let you uh, stew on this for just a just a minute, right? Our prior programming, everything that we were taught by um, everybody before us, right, is flawed. It's broken, right? It's kind of like the blind leading the blind, and that's where we're going to go with this episode of Kuden. I'll be right back. So the big question is this: How are self-defense and success-minded people like us? Concerned citizens worried about protecting ourselves, our loved ones, and the things we care about from the monsters we know exist in the world. How do we train in a way that gives us the skills, knowledge, and understanding we need without becoming paranoid fighters or killers ourselves, and yet still allows us to be the hero protector the world needs us to be? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Jeffrey Miller, and welcome to Kuden Radio, real training for real people in a real world. All right, and that is my story, and I'm sticking to it. So it looks like we have a couple of folks coming in. Uh, Carl's here from Australia. Awesome. Hi, Carl. Western Australia. That's right. Uh, and uh, Julia's here. And I'm sure we have some other people trickling in. Let me open up the chat if it's not already open, just to make sure I don't miss anybody. And so I can catch any stray jack wagons that kind of jump through on uh, YouTube. YouTube tends to be the, the culprit here because I think I'm funneling everything else through like private pages and whatnot, but uh, YouTube tends to be the culprit, so I'm, I'm going to need somebody to tell me how to, I don't know, filter them before they even uh, do dumb things. Anyway, all right, so Kuda, episode 88, right? Uh, please remember that there will not be a Kuda episode next week. Uh, tomorrow evening, my wife and I and a couple of friends are leaving for uh, Galveston, Texas, where we will be, we'll stay overnight uh, and then uh, we will be hopping aboard a cruise ship and going to visit a couple of places in the Caribbean, warm up a little bit. I need a little bit of a re uh, rest and relaxation. Not that I'm going to be completely relaxed and rested because I've got big plans for 2022. Anyway, um, yeah, so uh, I won't be getting back until late, late on Monday evening. And um, I, I didn't want to schedule something and then have it uh, not work out so far. So anyway, all right. Um, so, again, kind of the lead-in, kind of set this up. Uh, I've, been, I've been thinking about what I've been thinking about a lot, right, because I, maybe it's just where my head has been about uh, not, just, not just progress, right, not just moving ahead, but, like, I, I don't know, quantum, like, huge, huge jumps, right? Um, you know, because, I mean, the way you wear progress works anyway, right? You're studying along and you're, you're working on things and you're picking it up and it's a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. And all of a sudden, some, some things will click and then there's this huge jump, right? 
Um, it's kind of like, uh, well, when my guys make it to Black Belt, right? One of the first warnings my guys get at Black Belt is, yes, you will still be learning some kata, some techniques, things like that, because we have like nine schools, right? And each school has how many different scrolls. And so there's got to be plenty, right? Uh, but what we're going to start doing is taking a look at things uh, more from a situational context kind of thing, right? So how would you apply this technique or this kata or whatever, uh, this idea uh, in a confined space? How would you do it, uh, you know, on a stairway or a stair, you know, staircase? How would you, that kind of thing, right? Um, because they need to, they need to make it more and more real world. Not that the lower levels don't do that but we need to keep moving in that direction, right? But what ends up happening, see, there's this, there's this, there's this interesting thing that occurs uh, in this realm of progress, right? Uh, progress and, and moving toward mastery. In the beginning, all of our lessons, right? Every lesson is like ginormous, right? It's huge, right? Um, everything to a white belt is like an epiphany. Wow, I never thought of it that way. You know, whatever, everything, right? From everything from how to put their foot in a certain place to a kamai or a posture or a stance or whatever you call it in the martial art that you're engaged in. Uh, from the Japanese perspective, they really are different. But anyway, um, you know, everything's big, right? But as you move along, right, you start to see things over and over and over again. But usually what people see over and over again are the techniques and the models and or variations of them or whatever. Um, so what can happen is we can get confused that we know it all, right? As a matter of fact, uh, on one of the one of the Facebook pages, um, I think it was last week maybe, uh, I had posted some little quote, insight, whatever, and somebody had responded with, those of us who have already mastered this already know that. I don't respond to things like that, right? Anybody that already automatically assumes that they've mastered all nine lineages, right? And all the nuances and all that kind of stuff. But that's me since they was still studying all the way up until, you know, uh, retirement. And I don't know that he stopped. I, I'm not in day-to-day -day uh, you know, communication with him. But... He was still studying, right, for for years, well into what we would all be all consider like uber mastery, right? And so, I thought that was pretty arrogant. But um, that's also the point where somebody stops actually learning, right? As soon as they think they they have it, we're going to talk a lot about this uh, tonight, uh, so or today or this afternoon or whatever you're listening to this. If you're listening to a recording, uh, the folks that are on with me now, it's it's a nighttime thing, uh, except for. Carl, I think. Anyway, so um, yeah, so what happens is the lessons start to become smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller, right? Um, but there's this there's this interesting converse kind of thing that occurs, right? Think of the, the yin yang, right? And how there's a tail, right, of each of the colors kind of in the other one, right? Uh, like two comets swirling around each other. Um, and I'm not, I'm not going to go into that tonight because it's way deeper than most people even give any kind of uh, lip service to. So, um, but the converse is that in the beginning, right, all the lessons are big, but they're all form related, right? So here's a come on, here's a punch, here's a kick, here's here's a joint lock, whatever, right? And here's the way it's done, right? 
So that's, you know, it's fairly easy to get your head wrapped around it, right? There's this big thing that I can see, right? But as I'm working on things, that thing is what I'm working on, right? I'm working on getting this shoulder dislocation right. I'm getting working on getting this throw right. I'm working on getting this, this counter strike uh, or whatever it is I'm working on. The focus is on that thing. Learn it, get skilled with it, right? Develop proficiency with it, that kind of thing. But it's about that thing, right? But the more we progress, and it seems like the lessons are getting smaller, what's happening is we, what should be happening, right, with, with, the right, with the right guide or the right mindset, is that we stop paying attention to form so much and recognize that the form is actually what the principles and concepts and, and ideas and things like that look like in the moment, right? So we become more, more principle and concept oriented, hence the name of my dojo, warrior concepts, right? Not warrior moves, right? Not warrior kata, right? Um, so, um, but what ends up happening is those, those lessons, right? The, the little tweaks, like I'm doing this shoulder dislocation and I realize, oh, see, there's this alignment from shoulder to shoulder to either elbow, if I'm working on onikudaki, or the wrist, if I'm working on mushadori or something like that, right? There's this alignment. Huh. I wonder if that alignment exists in these other things. I'll be damned, right? Sure does. It's there in an Ogyaku. It's there in a Musodori. It's there in a Gansakinage. It's there in uh, certain versions, Koto and Kotoryu and things like that, of the Omotegyaku, of the Uragyaku, those kind of things, right? There's this alignment, right? Um, and then we recognize, holy crap, that little thing, that little thing, right? That, that the elbow, get the, walk the elbow, out in line with the shoulders, and it already starts to lock up the junction at T8, T9. You don't have to know all this anatomy and physiology. It helps. But you just recognize that the back starts to arch, the, the, the middle of the upper chest starts to come out and up, and, oh, wow. So now, even though the lessons have gotten smaller and we're more detail-oriented, that little piece actually starts affecting our training almost globally, right? If I get an angling thing down or if I get a timing thing or whatever, it's not just about the technique I was working on. It's now about almost everything, right? 70% or better of anything that has that little nuance in it will now, if I, if I get that right, if I fix that piece, I simultaneously fix everything that has it or could use it or whatever, right? So where in the beginning, the lessons look really big, and they are because the person's, you know, they, they, don't, they don't know anything, right? So lessons are really big and they're very form-oriented, but the significance, right? I mean, to that person, it's, it's huge, right? But to somebody that's at a very, very upper level, right? The significance is it's it's fairly small, right? It's it's contained for that person. It's contained to that kata, that technique, that move, that skill, whatever, right? Because everything is still being compartmentalized, right? But up in the upper levels, the lesson seems to be tiny, minuscule, 
right? You mean like that much of a tweak, or if I just move a, just a little bit more, that eighth of an inch or that quarter of an inch makes all the difference. Yeah, right? But that thing, as a significance thing, it's just, it, it, it's, it's, it's like a quantum leap, right? Forward in progress, right? The unfortunate part is that, and I don't know if it's based on our Western education system or uh, the drive-up window convenience store kind of mentality or whatever it is, um, when the when the size of the lesson starts to get smaller, most people tend to go looking for something else, right? Uh, they go looking for another style. They go looking for whatever, right? And so and I'm not knocking anybody that has, you know, style, you know, pub style or whatever. I, I think it's important to know multiple things, right? I don't particularly believe that I need to train in that any more than I need to to understand it because it might come at me. But that's everybody has their thing, right? Um, but what, what ends up happening is people end up jumping ship, so to speak, right? Uh, maybe I have ships on the mind because I'm going on a cruise. Uh, they end up jumping ship because they don't understand they don't understand or they're not prepared for the transition, right? They, they, they have a, they have an instructor or a teacher or a data conveyor or whatever that that's what they do. That's what they understand, right? That, and that's, that's their mindset. So there's no preparation for transition, right? So what it feels like is just more and more and more and more of the same thing. Okay. And I've had other people from other martial arts uh, come into uh, to come into my school or contact me about training. Most don't do anything because nobody wants to start all over again as a white belt. Well, why should I? Different art, different system. The belt ranking that you're going through is an indication of where you are in this body of knowledge. Okay, not okay. You, if you have a black belt in tic tac toe, how does that relate to the fact that you have this? The only way it relates to me is if you were able to get that in that system, you should be able to get it in this system, right? Um, but anyway, right? So, so, uh, so there's this, there's this little, I don't know, it, it, it's, it's a flaw, right? It's a hang up. It's a misunderstanding, uh, about the process, right? But there's a lot of things that, that have happened that way, uh, you know, coming up through the ranks. A long time ago, I used to, I used to think pretty much the same way other instructors do, right? Students aren't committed. They can't stick with things, right? Uh, uh, whatever. They say they want to do something, but they won't. Whatever. And can commitment be a problem? Sure, right? Can distraction be a problem? Absolutely, right? Um, but the more and more that I've taught and the more and more that I, that I experience and relate, to other folks, right? Um, and I can relate this to myself as well, right? Until the head game got shifted, right? And I learned more about uh, neuro neurological processes and how the brain functions and and things like that, right? Um, when I was a white belt, I, I encountered a lesson that had that went something like this: uh, to understand others, I have to first begin by understanding myself. Okay. Uh, and I think this is a big part of the, the, uh, ninja seishin teki, uh, 
personal clarity, spiritual refinement, personal development, whatever. We'll come full circle to that um, near the end of this. But um, uh, th- this is like the first level of training in the Tobacco School. And I know you've heard me say this over and over again. If you stick around, you're going to keep hearing things, right? So, um, uh, Perry, that's a really good question. I'll get back to that in just a minute. Okay, so um, what ends up happening, again, is is things are being conveyed, right? Here's a lesson, here's a lesson, here's a lesson. If you're going to do it right, you got to do it this way or whatever, right? Well, what's your litmus test for right? What's your baseline for right? Okay. Um, my baseline for right, and I'm not everybody's cup of tea, my baseline for right is how applicable is this in your everyday life in today's world, as Perry said, 21st century, right? How is it relatable today? Not just the self-defense stuff, but everything else. You know, the two-thirds of the art that people want to chop off because, well, that's that woo-woo shit, and I'm not into that, or that that somehow violates my religious uh, principles, or really? Right? You've studied that deeply enough that you know, right? Or you're just basing it on what it looks like at the front door, right? So, um, but what I found was that the most well-meaning, well-intentioned students can end up quitting, and they end up quitting not because they they're not they don't they're not intent right they're they're I mean they could try to will themselves to do these things. Uh, as a matter of fact, I, I uh, let's see, I sent out finally. Sorry, I'm, I've been just busy. Uh, I, uh, I finally sent out the lesson from last Tuesday's uh, group coaching call with my inner circle guys. And so that, I think that that went out today, right? Uh, tomorrow I'm sending out as a bonus uh, Christmas gift, holiday gift, whatever you want to call it, right? Um, I'm sending out another one, right? From our Friday group call. Uh, and they, they really do go hand in hand, right? Uh, the one that's going out tomorrow uh, is really centered on the only four things that can really get in your way, right? As you progress, right? And so, um, uh, but it was this mind game kind of thing, right? It was this, what people don't understand or don't want to think about or whatever is how much what they've learned or the programming, prior programming, all that kind of stuff that we picked up from other people, right? Indirectly, directly, they taught it to us and we picked it up or based on the people we hung out with, right? We developed a mindset that was just like theirs, Okay, um, you know that old cliche thing, right? It's hard to uh, fly with eagles when you hang out with turkeys, kind of thing, right? It's cliche, but you know what? It's right, right? It, what, what that means is you can't hang out with a certain group of people and bathe yourself in a certain mindset, right? That's down here, and get here because they can't help you get there, right? No matter no matter how many no matter how many personal development memes you read on Facebook, no matter how many uh, quotes you see on those motivational posters in job spaces, no matter how many cliche, uh, you know, these quotes and statements that people pull out and throw around or whatever, it's going to change anything, right? Because we end up being conditioned and wired at at the cellular level, right? Uh, And again, this isn't one of those classes, but You'll, you'll pick this up through these uh, two Christmas gifts that I sent out, right? So um, what ends up happening is is 
there's there's all this stuff that has to be undone. There's all this work that has to be done before we'll actually stay long enough to master the skills we imagine ourselves using to put a case of whoop ass on some bad guy that's coming at us. Right? So um some folks, you know, we just end up sticking it out, right? I ended up learning this stuff on the back end because, I don't know, maybe I was just, I don't think it was tenacious. I mean, you know my backstory. So um, I, I was highly motivated to, uh, to get this stuff. So anyway, um, so what I, what I um, along the way, right, and between my student time and uh, my time over the years uh, instructing, right, um, and studying, why does this happen? Why do people quit? Why do people procrastinate? What all this stuff, right? Why do I do it, right? Uh, I ended up coming up with um, a bunch of uh, going through a bunch of realizations. Not coming up with going through a bunch of realizations, right? And so um, I have six of them that I'm going to share with you tonight. It's actually a bonus one that I kind of thought about um, at the tail end, but so six, seven, whatever. Um, and so I'm going to go through those. But um, I think this is a good time to answer a question that, that Perry asked uh, because it goes farther, right? So uh, Perry says, you teach a lot of swords and movement. Um, how is it really relatable to the 21st century? And that is an excellent question, right? I would ask that to everyone. Okay? Just like I would ask the question uh, to uh, a student or an instructor, right? Um, the question is, do you realize that when you are trying to study, learn, master this stuff or whatever, right? Um, especially if you're self-protection oriented or you're success oriented to a, to a great degree, right? You, you don't want to just like get to the next level or whatever, right? Um, I have, I have a, I have a pet phrase that I've been using lately, right? Uh, based on the way I see most of the population in most societies working, right? Um, I believe that everyone is racing to average, but just a little bit better, okay? Because, well, depending on the political agenda or whatever, right, people are afraid to say the wrong thing, do the wrong thing or whatever, so they end up towing the line, right, so that nobody bashes on them. Nobody calls them whatever phobia names and, and whatever, right, okay? Except I'm a damn warrior. You can call me whatever name you want. It doesn't make you right. Okay? And I don't care how much it makes you feel good. Okay? When you get your head on straight, none of that shit's going to matter. Okay? Um, they're just damaging themselves. Right? And anybody wants to go along for the ride, I can't stop them. Right? So, but how does it relate? Right? How does it serve you? Right? So, again, Perry's question is about swords and, and that kind of movement and all that. Right? So, Perry, early on, unless somebody comes to a sword seminar or something like that because they're interested in that kind of classical thing, um, I don't introduce that. All the weapons that I put up front early on in people's training are all modern weapons. Knife, short stick, or club, uh, chain, flexible weapons, uh, handgun, those kind of things, right? Because that's 21st century stuff, right? But... Uh, Besides the coolness and the classicalness and all that, that that people want to get involved in when it comes to swords, right? Um, 
these weapons teach certain things that it's it's hard to see when you're dealing with shorter weapons or whatever, okay? So here's here's a for instance. If I teach people knife first and then I teach them sword, or I teach them hanbo first, right? Three foot, half staff, whatever, right? And then I teach them long staff, one of the first things they hear from me, um, both in the short stick or knife and the longer weapon kind of thing is every mistake you make with small weapon is going to be magnified by the larger weapon. It's actually going to be easier to see. Might not work the same in the other direction, but in the opposite direction, what I can say is, look, if I teach you a bunch of sword techniques and then you end up with a knife in your hand and you can see that knife as a sword with an extremely short blade, you have now doubled or tripled the number of techniques you have without having to have done them with a knife. The movement, the evasion, the idea, the principles and concepts embodied in that sword technique can still be applied. Same thing. I can apply sword technique with a hanbo or with a cane, right? All I do is, I, I, from a mindset perspective, I, I, I have this thing. Yes, it's blunt force trauma, right? It's a, it's a stick weapon, but I can still handle that like a sword. It just doesn't have an edge, right? So if I take my sword techniques and apply it to, to hanbo, I just doubled or tripled the number of hanbo techniques that I have, right? The problem is that people tend to compartmentalize or they're not guided to see how, how this works, okay? In ancient Japan, knife or tanto techniques were what-if techniques, okay? Hanbo techniques were what-if techniques. They were relegated way down the line because everybody had long weapons. I mean, can you imagine? Everybody's going out in the battlefield with spear, halberd, I would assume not a long staff, but maybe they put the peasants and the farmers up front or whatever, right? They've got these longer things or whatever. But you know what? Screw it. I'm going to take my trusty little three-foot stick, and I'm going to go out there, okay? Most of them have blades longer than the friggin' stick that I have, right? So how did that end up being a what-if weapon way back in the day, okay? What if my long weapon got cut during combat? Now, how can I use this shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter piece? Because I might have to in that instance, right? So um, it was about pragmatic application of techniques, but it was also about understanding what problems I may have to deal with, right? It was not about learning a style, and that's what we're going to stick to. Does that make sense? Okay, you, you totally understand. That's fine, right? But if we can relate them, right, and we can see things from a principle concept based, or at least trust that our teachers coming from thing coming from a perspective that's way higher, and they're presenting things in a way that look, you need to get this first before I can even start explaining why we do it that way when you would use this and all that. All the things that students want to want to learn up front, right? It's this bullshit Western uh, academic kind of thing, right? Or oh, and oh and the modern thing. Holy crap, I, I've been told that university professors are practically held hostage by the wants, needs, and preferences of their students. 
I've also been told that in, in the corporate structure now, HR people, human resources people, right, are being trained in the new way to handle the younger workers because they won't do anything until you explain to them why it's being done that way. Okay, so I'm supposed to take, what, maybe a year's worth of strategy and planning to come up with this system. I bring you on to do task work for this piece, and I have to explain all this before you'll do that job? Screw you. Get the hell out. I'll hire somebody else. A whole bunch of people waiting right behind you that have submitted applications. That's an easy job, right? Any company that's rolling over and doing that kind of crap, right, it's just a recipe for failure or mediocrity, right? And if they go belly up, they freaking deserve it, okay? Same thing with you know, professors can't do anything, right? Universities are perfectly okay with professors leaving because they become businesses, right? So, you know, if somebody's going to take their money somewhere else, then, well, shit, okay? Uh, we'd rather have our money than have to pay you a paycheck because I can always replace you with a professor that will toe the line, right? But professors are being told by students, I don't want to learn that. That's too sensitive for me. I, you know, that, that triggers me, right? Really? I thought you were here to get freaking educated. You don't have to like the knowledge, but you need to know it so that you can do something with it. Holy shit. Can you imagine coming into a martial arts school? Well, maybe it happens anyway, right? But you know a martial arts school and, or a self-defense program, and you go, yeah, see, I don't like the idea of somebody throwing a hook punch at me. So how about if we just skip all those techniques, right? I don't like the idea of somebody, like, you know, tackling me and wrestling me to the ground. And maybe like cutting my throat or, can we just skip all that stuff? That'd be cool, right? There's the damn door. I'm sure you can find somebody that'll tailor things for you because they want your money, right? But that question I started to pose earlier, left an open loop, I apologize, is do you realize that until you learn this stuff for yourself, you are putting, literally, you are putting your life into the hand or hands of those people you have selected to teach you. This is not like buying a refrigerator or a damn car, where if it's a lemon or if it doesn't work, you take it back and you piss a bitch and they replace it, or you get your money back or whatever, right? And you find out that this stuff doesn't work, lights are getting turned off, and maybe permanently, right? This is not, this is, is, and unfortunately, very, too often, this is true, that instructors are teaching because of some freaking ego thing that's going on. They need disciples or they feel like they don't have any control in their lives except in the four walls and ceiling and floor called a dojo, right? Hate their life, hate their wife, hate their job, hate their whatever, right? Holy shit. Really? You want to be led by that person? Right? So anyway, right? So um if you're if you're training in the 21st century, I get it wanting to do traditional things, okay? And I'm perfectly okay with that as long as you are doing this as a classical study thing. If you're not doing it to relate it to produce results in today's world, you can do anything you want. As a matter of fact, I think I posted a meme on, I don't know if I did it on YouTube, but uh, on LinkedIn and Twitter and Facebook and all that, that, you know, if you're just studying martial arts or anything for the sake of learning that thing, you can pretty much do whatever you want. But if you're doing it for self-defense, that's absolutely not true. Okay? It's kind of like, uh, you know, mommy teaching or grandma teaching you way when you were younger, right? 
this is a it's fairly a new world thing because I'm an old guy, right? You can be anything you want when you grow up. You can be anything you want when you get that level, that high level black belt. Really? Okay. Alive too, right? Okay. When somebody comes at me with guns and knives and all that kind of stuff, right? I can still be alive too, right? Okay. Yeah. Well, I guess it depends on your education or your belief system. Okay. So, uh, or the magic wand you have tucked in your back pocket. Anyway, so, um, all right. So, um, the, the theme for this, the theme for this this episode right here, I'm getting to the theme, right? Uh, I'm sure for those of you who, who read things early on and stuff, right? Um, that the, the, the title is Stop Dreaming Small, okay? Um, and I'm not here to tell you how, right, or what to learn or whatever, unless you're one of my students, right? Um, you know, and then ultimately I still give them choice, right? But I also give them a warning, right? You can, you're grown up. You can do whatever you want. Okay? Right? You were grown up. This is what you wanted when you were a kid. When I'm a grown up, I'm going to do whatever I want. Then we could tell me what to do. Okay? Well, here you are. Okay? And I'm going to tell you the same thing. You're grown up. You do whatever you want. Those of us who know better are probably going to tell you that certain, some of those things are dumbass things that you shouldn't be doing. But, default back to number one. You're a grown up. You can do whatever you want. You can believe whatever you want. Whatever. Okay? But what ultimately happens is your life is a litmus test of whatever those beliefs or skills or values or how you apply things or whatever actually is, right? So no matter what, what kind of bullshit you spread around the world, you're a walking, talking, living example, and so is your life and environment of what you're really doing and the results that that philosophy is producing, right? Me too. Me too. Okay? That's why the, the guy or the girl looking back at you in the mirror, um, you can't bullshit them. Okay? And if you've gone that far, you're probably not on training things like this unless you're just soaking up what I'm saying so you can go parrot, parrot it to somebody else because you don't know how to explain it anyway. So, But I'm assuming that everybody on this is not that. They're already enlightened and they're just kind of like hanging out with, with a cool guy. Right? And cool, right? <laughs> Sorry. Let <laughs> me choke up. Let me drink. I got the wild Pepsi version of it this time. Anyway, all right. So, um, what I have found for myself, one of the realizations that I had, and one of the biggest regrets I had, I'll, I'll cover this again um, in a little bit, is if I knew then, you know, those things, if I knew then what I knew, you know, know now or whatever. Um, I would have, could have, should have. Most people think of getting things, doing things, whatever, right? Um, my biggest regret is I didn't set my goals big enough. My goals are pretty freaking big. Okay. And they're pretty freaking big now, but I'm, I'm betting in 10 years I'm going to look back and go, shit, I didn't set it big enough. Okay? Because wherever you set your goals... Now, you can't go farther than that, okay? And that's if you execute on your goals, because any monkey can set goals. Well, no, probably not a monkey. A smart monkey, right, can set goals. Lots of people set goals, right? Okay. Anyway, so I was very happy. I wanted to know... What? 
I wanted to know you teach how to fall in your system. Which falls won't you teach because a lot of the falls you would not teach because a lot of the fighting is done on asphalt, dirt, etc. Are you asking me what what falls I would teach or won't teach because the ultimate goal is to be able to do all this stuff on asphalt. All of them. I remove mats out from underneath students as quickly as possible. This goes right back to swords or the question there, right? Think somebody on the street's going to give a shit what you like and what you don't like when it comes to break falls or you're worried about getting hurt or whatever, right? Um, no, they're all, all these break falls and rolls and leaps and, and all that kind of stuff, right? There's a, there's a break fall in this, uh, Shinden Fudo school that looks like you're in a bridge on the ground, except that your hands aren't behind you. You're on your shoulders. Your midsection is up in the air and your feet are flat on the floor, right? So you've got this bridge position, right? That you're in like this. Okay. And when you're knocked to the ground or you do a, uh, you know, you're thrown or whatever, you land in this bridge. So you, your shoulder muscles uh, are at one point, the flat of your feet are at another. And then you learn to straighten the leg and move another leg so you can literally flip over in place, right? Without having your midsection touch the ground. Why is that? Because it was a damn sword through your belt. And if you landed on your sword, you crack your pelvis. Yeah, but we don't use swords anymore. No, but you might have something in your pocket. You might have um, those of us who are in law enforcement or security or whatever might have handcuffs back there, might have a radio on our hip, might have a gun on a hip. Uh, if you're a hunter, you might have a buck knife or something like that on your hip or anything that if you landed on it, the fight's over, right? The fight's over. So there are none of these that I don't teach. As a matter of fact, um, and I will do this all the way down to our little guys, right? I've got this, this little dragons program because um, we started early, just like the ninja families did, right? I don't hear any shit about teaching kids and you can't teach kids ninja to really go back to freaking 13th, 14th century Japan and tell all those guys, oh, you can't teach your kids this stuff. The, 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 the sheer number of morons and the, and the, and the number of, of, of bullshit theories that fly around in the 21st century just astounds me, right? What was what what that saying? Being ignorant of history. Um, uh, traps you, or, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, cause you to repeat it, right? How about being ignorant of history stops you from actually learning the shit you're supposed to be learning because you don't know anything about the stuff you're supposed to be learning. How about that? Right? Anyway, so no, there are none. Anyway, so let me, let me go get through this, uh, uh, list of realizations and stuff because that's really the gist of this. And of course, there's questions and comments and all that kind of stuff come up. Uh, I'll, I'll be more than happy to, to handle them. Okay. So. Uh, like I said, I was going through this stuff and, and I, I was struggling too. I mean, there was procrastination. There was everything from guilt and shame, you know, things like, um, uh, wanting to go to a seminar, right? And, uh, the family pulling the family card, the wife pulling the wife card and all that, right? I understand it. Why do you want to go and do that stuff? I mean, uh, should, should me and the children feel unsafe because that's what you're learning and, and you're taking time and money and all that kind of stuff away from the family and, 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 and wow. And based on the baggage that I carried from growing up and, and, you know, growing up in a toxic, uh, family, toxic relationship, 
not, I was in a toxic relationship. I, my role models, right? Toxic relationship, all that kind of stuff, right? One's always folding for the other. And, uh, I had, I mean, one of the things I had to learn was mutually beneficial relationships, right? That kind of stuff, right? So all of these things, guilt, shame, doubt, fear, you name it, right? So I, I had to get through these things, right? And luckily, or maybe fortuitously, or whatever you want to call it, right? Um, I just, there was something in me that made me find teachers and find teachers that were teaching more than just the skills. Look around, look around the internet, look on YouTube, whatever, right? Anybody that comes to me because they want to learn moves, it's wasting their money, right? Because you can do it for free. Why should I pay you when I can go through YouTube and Absolutely right, okay? Because all you're getting from me is a logical structure to build on things so that you're moving from ground zero to mastery in a logical way rather than just throwing shit around and hoping that it lands in the right direction and it all connects correctly and all that kind of stuff, right? All you'd be getting from me is how to relate this stuff and how to be able to get to the principles and concepts quicker and get the other stuff that 90 90, 95% of instructors are teaching because all they focus on is the martial stuff, right? Except that people have sucky lives. They are angry all the time. Uh, they're resentful. Uh, we have people in the freaking art now online, on on um, on uh, Facebook at least. I don't know what the hell they're doing on any of the other ones, right? They just happen to pop up my notifications because I'm connected to some of these groups because they allow me to drop information about the upcoming Kuden and stuff in their thing, and sometimes they want a little feedback or whatever. I'm just not, not one of those guys that jumps on and wants to answer everybody's questions, right? Um, so enough self, uh, self-professed self gurus out there um, all arguing about being right. You don't need me in the mix, right? Because they're just going to jump on me, and I don't need to argue with any of them, right? I, I know what my position is, but... Um, there's just there's just all this crap, right? It's just anyway, all this crap, right? So I I, I had to go through this work myself, right? So I'm, I'm going to go through this. Right? So let me just go through this list of these six realizations, right, that I had, and hopefully, or maybe, maybe some will resonate with you. Maybe some will stick. Um, maybe some you can use to to maybe get unstuck or uh, instead of next technique, next technique, next technique, or uh, I did practicing so I got a little bit better and all that, you can go from this kind of activity or this stalled kind of activity to like a, a major quantum jump. <coughs> Sorry, indigestion. Okay, so let's do this. Number one, and again, these are in no particular order. They might kind of streamline along. When I thought about this today, I just sat down with a piece of paper and just thought about these realizations that move somebody in not just in a, in a positive direction. I'm not talking about just growth, right? I'm talking about uber, big, freaking quantum leap kind of shit. I'm talking, you know, leaps and bounds kind of thing, right? I'm talking about going so far beyond your expectations you can't believe that you're where you are, okay? So, number one, 
the size or scope, however you want to describe that, the size or scope of your vision, of your dream, right, of your goal, right, is in direct proportion to how far, I have this up written down, so if you see me looking down and read my notes, is in direct proportion to how far you can go. You can't go farther than a goal you set for yourself. You can't go farther than something that you see. And that's why it's important as we move along toward goals that we assess, know where we are, and if one becomes a foregone conclusion that you're actually going to make it, that you either establish another bigger goal or one just as big but in a different area, or you expand the scope of this one because you see what's already possible. Well, shit, that was easy or it wasn't as hard as I thought it was, so let's make it bigger, okay? But the size or scope of your vision, your dream, is in direct proportion to how far you can go. Again, you can't go farther than what you envision, right? So, again, there's that uh, – that. But you'll see tomorrow that an email is going to come out. It's going to say you need to do training bonus number two or something like that, right? Uh, it's a, it's another recording from one of my inner circle uh, trainings with folks because I think once I did these things, I think that they are so, so freaking important, right, um, that I just decided I'm just going to give them away. There you go, okay? And in all honesty, right, if – well, I'll get to this. It's 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 another one of those realizations, right? So I, I don't want to keep stepping on things. All right, realization number two, right? What I used to dream about. Now, of course, this was a fairly recent one, right, within the last decade. What I used to dream about and envision. Um, what I used to dream about and envision is how far I got. Okay? So... Maybe I shouldn't have been surprised when I was promoted to Daishihan, even though it took me a year and a half to figure out, figure out what that what that means. Because a bunch of people just were running around. Everybody that I asked, how does this mean? What 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 you know? What responsibilities do I have? What is this? How did, 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 did right now? I got what what I got was oh the highest rank. Oh, you know we're the equal rank now or highest rank. Only how you said say can say anything about your training. the hell does that mean? Right? So, I mean, talk about being, like, superficial, right? And and I had to really, like, dive into uh, Japanese culture and martial arts and, and what this term means and, and what it represents, and then I come to find out that, holy shit, talk about responsibility, right? Daishihan, in most martial arts that use that, and in, the, in a general Japanese uh, martial arts context, means Someone who can stand in in the Soke's absence. Holy shit, they did it to me again. Promoted me way beyond what I thought I was freaking capable of or what I was, what I think my skill set is and all that kind of stuff. So, oh shit, right? So, anyway, right? But things I used to dream about and, and envision for myself wasn't getting my black belt. Wasn't getting, well, actually, when my teacher outlined what each of these black belt levels mean, and I've done that in previous episodes and, and for my online guys and stuff like that, right? Uh, and there's a, there's a freebie, uh, ebook that I have out. I think it's called, uh, what's it, how's it called? Becoming the Master. And it outlines the first, at least the first four black belt levels in our curriculum and what capabilities from a principal concept, uh, perspective what abilities you would have and how they build on each other. And so if, if you're trying 
something from here and it fails, you've got these things that, that naturally are fallbacks, not just a bunch of box of toys, uh, you know, different toys stacked on top of each other that aren't freaking related at all, except that they're in the same style, right? So anyway, um, but I used to envision being um, second-degree black belt was the ability to defend against um, uh, anybody on the street throwing whatever they want. They're not a killer, just the average schmuck with a with a with a fist and, a, and an anger management problem, right? Um, he can throw whatever he wanted. And I could use this stuff and only this stuff without falling back on something else. Only this stuff to fit in with what he's doing, use his energy, you know, all those martial arts cliche kind of shit, kind of things, right? And and, and win with this alone, right? And then that kind of thing, right? So that that was a goal for the longest time, right? And then I was I'm getting to that, and then oh shit, now what? Okay, so black belt levels and how we define them, right? Third don, being able to defend again or uh, uh, escape any lock, hold, or throw, even if you have to break yourself, kill him, go get fixed, you'll be fine tomorrow, right? Or in six weeks or whatever, right? Um, uh, escaping a lock, hold, or throw, being able to push his button so he throw he he. Gives you what you need for the technique you want to apply, right? Because uh, you know, if I if I'm in uh, uh, Carl's shoes, right? And, uh, Carl's a, a police officer, and I'm dealing with somebody that's violent, and I need this guy face down on the ground so it's easy to get cuffs on him, right? I don't care if it's zip ties or whatever you guys are using these days, right? Um, then I need to do that in the quickest, most efficient way possible and not just get into fisticuffs, get this guy on the ground and have to wrestle him over onto his stomach. And it, that's just a bunch of freaking wear and tear, right? But if I know where I need him to go, where I need him to be, and so to get there, right, this would work. And then, okay, what, is, what does he have to throw at me, right? So now I have a choice, right? From a lower level skill perspective, I either have to wait until he throws that and then be in that mindset and remember, oh shit, yeah, I wanted to catch that. And put him down on the ground, or I learn to position myself and create moments where it's too good to pass up, where he attacks me the way I need him to attack me, so I can apply the technique that I want to apply that puts him in the position I want to put him. Okay, so it just keeps moving up from there and all that kind of wonderful stuff, right? But um, I, I ended up envisioning those things. I envisioned being where my teachers were at their level, right? And there were a couple of times where yeah, I actually envisioned being so gay, right? Um, you know, and then I would be uh, reasonable, right? Uh, you know, can only be one. <laughs> and that's true. However, right? Um, yeah, so you can only go as far as you can see, right? Or as you're willing to see, okay? Um, anyway, so realization number three. Actually, any questions or, or comments about one and two? Uh, let's see. This is a historical question. Would the ninja of their time be considered special ops of their time? Maybe. See, people like to throw that kind of stuff around, right? But special ops are government servers, are gov government servants. Special ops are part of the government's military. No. They would have been seen as guerrilla warfare, guerrilla uh, uh, guerrilla soldiers, right? They would have been seen as special forces advisors 
to armies that paid them for their insight. They've been more like the Green Beret that go to uh, advise or train uh, armies and stuff or or rebel forces or whatever to be able to do what they need to do to win and flip a government and, and things like that, okay? So, yeah, it's, as long as we're thinking special ops, we're only thinking about combat tactics. Niche specialization was in the background. Spying, information gathering, yes, sometimes assassination, um, but advising. That's little little fun fact, right? Uh, one of my daughters, uh, Kelsey Quinn, uh, was actually named after the job of a ninja. Okay, one of the translations for Kelsey, right, uh, is um, uh, warrior, right, protector, defender, okay, in old Gaelic. And Quinn is uh, a term that meant uh, teacher, educator, or advisor. So, and her name is actually hyphenated, Kelsey hyphen Quinn, not, she doesn't have a middle name. It's Kelsey Quinn Miller, right? And so she was actually named after the job of, of, a, of a ninja in ancient Japan. All right, so... Um, I have no idea what Kathleen Watson put up there, but if folks can keep an eye on that, if this becomes a damn advertisement, I can just hit the blog thing. And I apologize if you're not, but I have no idea what you just typed. But if it says .tech, I'm assuming you just dropped a freaking uh, website on us. So anyway, all right, let's just, I don't see any questions or comments, so I, you're welcome. So I would just move on. All right, so realization number three that I had, right? Um, here's a big one, right? I wasn't raised... And I wasn't educated to be successful. I was raised and educated to accept my lot in life. It was very difficult when my teachers, since they included, were teaching things about being a professional, being uber successful, having the ability to be in a place and be so centered and so full of potential right, or, or so capable that in any instance, if I needed to be at another place in the world, whether it took plane, train, automobile, uh, a walk on the wild side, whatever, right, uh, I could do that, okay? That's why I said one of my regrets, I didn't set my goals high enough. And one of the reasons I set my goals high enough was because I was taught that shit we've been talking about over the last couple of episodes, okay? You know, can't have your cake and eat it too. Right? That's not how we live. That's those rich fucks. Right? Those those people that, you know, right? That's not us. What no, 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 no. Okay. Whatever. Okay. So um I was not raised or educated to be successful. I wasn't raised or educated to be anywhere close to being a master. Martial arts or anything else. An expert, whatever, right? And here I am. Multiple books published. I'm a co-author of other books, right? I've uh, I've consulted with and helped companies like uh, or universities and companies like uh, Nissan of North America and all that kind of stuff, right? The the kid growing up, the twenty something, even the thirty something, whoa, holy shit! The idea of getting on the phone and talking to the corporate director of Nissan North America, like. He needs my help. What can I help you with? 
Not like, uh, will you hire me? Okay. But just having that conversation. And then sitting down and telling one of the vice presidents, presidents of manufacturing, right? You got holes in your stuff. If something bad happens here, people are going to die. I don't care how much shit you have in place. It's all feel good. Okay. Would you like my help? I wasn't, I wasn't raised to be that guy and I wasn't that guy. Okay. So that realization had to happen for me to close that gap, to get over obstacles that prior programming started and I built additions on or nurtured or, um, protected and maintained, you know, like having an outhouse instead of having, you know, I grew up with an outhouse and I I bought a house with uh, like two and a half baths, but um, no, 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 you go to the wooden shack out back and you poop uh, in a hole in the ground and uh, uh, no, that's not something we use. That's something those other people use, right? That's how people treat most of the things in their lives that are quote unquote, not me. Not them. I can't do that. That's not natural for me. No, that's not habitual for you. That's not conditioned into you. That's not part of your wiring because it hasn't been. You haven't been wired that way. Doesn't doesn't mean the wiring can't be changed. That's another one of those those, uh, prior programming conditioning things. You were born this way. I remember the, the time I, you know, I, I finally became aware of religion, right? Not necessarily religion, but like, there's all these different churches in town. That's a Presbyterian, and that's a Catholic, and that's a Baptist, and that's a, right? So, go home and, Dad, get, what, what's up with this, right? And he goes, oh, uh, we're Methodist. Oh, okay. But it was explained almost in a way that, like, it was genetically wired that that was just, just like, you know, uh, white guy of Asian descent, five-eighths Native American, and you know, whatever. I, you know, it's just, it's all plugged in, right? And then I realized, wait, what? No, it's not. That people choose these things based on what? And that led me down other rabbit, rabbit paths or rabbit holes or whatever, right? So think about how many things, right, we've been pre-programmed with or have come to believe of our own accord, right? And this is easy to find out, right? Every time you know you need to do something and you either procrastinate or you have doubt or you get that lump in your throat or you find other things to do, busy work or whatever, so you don't have to do that thing or you make excuses, that's not me, uh, or I don't have time or whatever, you're bumping right up against shit that if you don't fix it, you're not moving forward. You're not getting ahead. If you do get ahead, it'll be by inches, not feet, not yards, and certainly not by miles or kilometers or whatever my friends, uh, my other friends use. Not. Can't. You're not wired for that. Okay. All right. Uh, let's see. I guess that now that I'm looking at my notes, the first two things that I read off, were, I guess, they should have been realizations, but they were just part of my introduction. So that one that I just uh, read off is actually realization number one. The very first realization I had was that I was not wired. I was not raised or educated. 
to be successful. I was raised and educated to pick a job off of a list that people at my station in life that er basically that everybody else would be okay with me having. They wouldn't be made uncomfortable. Anyway, all right, next realization. I was taught to set goals like a poor person, like a wannabe. You know, that'd be nice. Oh, I really want to do that. Yeah, but, right? Not like a successful person, right? So here's the big, here's the big aha kind of thing, right? Um, the, the way that I was taught to set goals was based around the idea that what I have right now, time available to me, permission, the money in the bank or in my wallet or whatever, determines what I can do. So this stuff allows me to get those options. Like there might be, I don't know, three options, five options, whatever, but they're all within the same price range. They all take the same the amount of time because, you know, right, you get four days, you get a week of paid vacation, you get, you get, you get, you get, you get. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Um, thank you, Master. I appreciate it, right? Which is why people resent their jobs and their bosses so much, except they took the damn job knowing what the restrictions were because we were taught that we have to have a job. Really? Huh. Had I known that, here I am. I made mine. Not just this. Consultancy, okay, I haven't worked for somebody else. I've worked for lots of clients. I have way more bosses than you do, right? I've had I've worked for more clients, a ton of clients and all that, right? But the cool thing is that I can fire them, and I do, because I don't go in like a mooch and a, and a, and a, and a poor beggar hoping that they'll take me because I'm, I'm good enough. You called me. I obviously have something that you cannot solve or you cannot, you don't have in-house and you don't have the expertise in-house to solve. Let's go. Right? Same thing. People walk into the martial arts school. Right? You know those, those other cliches, right? Customers always right. You know who probably said that? Either a poor business person who didn't know how to freaking get enough customers, and so they're going to trip over themselves to make sure that everybody else is happy, so hopefully they come back, except that every time you appease somebody, right, they got what they wanted, right? They didn't have to work that hard for it, but if they see you just like everybody else, they still see that they have options. No guarantee they're coming back, right? Or the person who said it was a damn customer. Anyway, um, so again, that's, that's the, what I call the poor person or the wannabe kind of thing, right? What I have, this is how much time off I can get. This is how much time away I can get because honey won't let me have any more. This is how much money I have. Uh, this is what I think I can do comfortably and not feel uncomfortable, even though I'm dreaming about doing this other thing. Uh, those people will probably look at me like I'm some freaking street urchin or, well, don't dress like a street urchin. Okay? Um, but anyway, 
instead of doing it the way successful people do, right? What that is, is they determine what they want, they set that as their goal, and then they figure out what they need to make that happen. And then they do that thing, or they do those things, right? Here's one of the biggest fallacies I was taught growing up. Tell me if you too, right? That you can't set a goal until you have all the stuff you need to attain the goal. What a bunch of horse got got. That is absolutely backwards. You can set a goal anytime. And I promise if you set the goal, it's kind of like, I don't know if I can afford that car. Buy the car. Now you'll figure out how to make the payments. And if your job, current job isn't it, well, I guess you better find another one quick. Right? Or figure out how you're going to make some extra money on the side or all kinds of things that, you know, because the other things that we were taught too, um, I want you to think about this, right? This is related to this. Children do not learn from their parents by what their parents say. They learn from their parents by watching what their parents do. And that goes for all role models, their teachers, their aunts and uncles, the people in the neighborhood where they live. You can stay all you want. But they're learning. We were learning by watching. We learn to be afraid. We learn to be cocky and arrogant out of one side of our mouths. But as soon as there was an authority figure there, ooh, uh, no, that's not what I really meant. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, uh, and then walk away into your breath, uh, asshole, whatever, okay? If you were really that strong and you were really that tough, I could see it. I wasn't taught by people that can help me get here. Anyway. All right. So, and that goes for friends too, right? You cannot attain, you cannot attain to higher heights hanging out with people that have no aspirations or that have mediocre average aspirations. How do you know what they have? You hang out with them all the time. What do you do? You're doing the same thing that they are okay doing. It's just the way it works. Your, your life is a litmus test of that which you have created. Consciously, subconsciously, or unconsciously. Doesn't matter. Right? And until you take control of the process, nothing's going to change. And it will, now you can, you can try, but you're not going to try for very long because those anxieties and fears and doubts and all that kind of shit's going to come back up again because you keep heading too far. Right? What did I say a couple of episodes ago? Right? Success lies just outside your comfort zone. Massive success lies Way outside your comfort zone. But until you make the, until you make the move. But we're warriors, right? You should be able to take on all kinds of hardship. Cause just talking about it, it's more BS. Alright, anyway, let's just keep going, right? Okay. So, uh, realization number three, right? If I was going to be successful, I needed mentors who were already doing that thing that I wanted to be able to do. The guy down the street that learned some karate, that could show me some moves. What I didn't know then was, 
have you ever used this stuff that you're teaching me to protect yourself against the kind of people that I want to be able to protect myself from? Because there's lots of instructors out there. Way fewer that have, that maybe have a black belt or they teach a self-defense program or whatever, right? So they can, they, they've learned the stuff that they can teach you, right? And they've been in fights. So they know what it's like being inside a fight. There's way fewer still that are teaching stuff that they personally have actually used against a violent person and survived. Not tried to use it and got their asses kicked, but, you know, got bragging rights. We've got a kung fu guy in my area. He's known for getting drunk and getting in lots of fights. Right? He wins some, wins some, loses most, whatever. But he's got this reputation for being a tough guy. And everybody wants to go train with him. Fucking high? The guy loses more often than he wins. Okay? So, and the people that have seen his fights, they're like, that's not the stuff he teaches in class. Okay? So how we describe a goal and how specific we are about what we want changes everything. Remember what I said about scope? Not just the size of your goal, but the scope of your goal. Okay? The, the detail in the description changes everything. Yeah. I think I, I mentioned this a couple of episodes ago, right? Uh, for a lot of people, their goal is they've always wanted to train in the martial arts. Great. Go to school. Take a trial lesson. Now you can quit. You've now successfully trained in the martial arts. Goal accomplished. That's all it takes to accomplish that goal. If that's not what you meant, then you weren't detailed enough. Because as far as I'm concerned, you were successful. Goal completed. Now go do underwater basket weaving or I don't know. <laughs> Drunken polo knows. <laughs> anyway, all right. Uh, that's what I have here, right? Um, so I needed mentors that were where I, uh, that uh, were already doing that thing I wanted to be able to do at the degree or at the level that I want to do, right? Um, my goal wasn't to be a teacher. There's so many people running around, right? Or they've come to me and they go, you know, I want to learn this stuff and everything. Well, why do you want to learn it? Well, I've always wanted to have a dojo. Okay. Get a couple of videos. Learn some moves. Get really good at them. Open a dojo. Okay. Um, but that that's the goal. Okay. Great. So what are you going to tell the people when they walk in the door and want to learn how to not die? They want to learn how to not be beaten, broken, or killed by some freaking maniac. Oh, we can do that. Yeah. I used to have a long-distance student. He's way up in age now. Um, that uh, he came to me because he had been training with somebody else for years, years, got attacked, got his ass handed to him. Everything he tried didn't work. And he was pretty highly ranked. Went back to that teacher who had been professing the entire time. Self-defense, self-defense, self-defense. Went back, told this teacher, look at me. Your shit didn't work even halfway. The teacher said, well, this is really a sports system. I mean, it can be used for self-defense. I, I didn't... I'm sorry you misunderstood. <laughs> no, no, no. Anyway, 
right? So um, my goal was surviving violence. So I had to be very, very critical about the teachers that I found, that I sought out. Okay. Um, <laughs> oh. We got some killers in here, right? So my first instructor was family, but then I scared them, and they stopped instructing. They stopped instructing you, or they just stopped teaching altogether? Because if they just stopped teaching altogether, um, maybe I should stop. Anyway, but but you're here, right? I, I had a Vietnam vet that trained with me for a while. Uh, his name was Tom. Uh, won't mention his last name or whatever. Tom was a tough guy. Tom. Tom grew up in uh, South Philly, and um, oof. Tom oh, Tom spent a couple of tours in Vietnam, all that kind of stuff. And I remember one time we were in the dojo, and uh, Tom was probably halfway to Black Belt. And uh, he, uh, we were talking about this stuff, this, this exact thing. And he said, uh, you know, that's, that's my, that, you know, my, my one hard, fast rule, right? As soon as I realize I can kick the teacher's ass, I do two things. One, I do it. Two, I quit. Right? So um, I just stopped and smiled and said, so what does that mean? Or what does that mean for me? He just smiled and nodded and said, I'm still here. And he was for a long time. Um, he ended up leaving because I think his wife got cancer or something like that. So anyway, um, so for me, the teaching came afterwards, Right? It came after I became successful at being able to use what I learned to survive against bad people, right? So uh, I don't believe that those who can do, those who can't teach, right? Um, I believe there's those who um, it's all about teaching. It could be compassion. It could be all kinds of things. But uh, a good percentage of the people that I've met that the goal was teaching, right? That they were making up for some kind of lack, just like when they get into relationships, right? They get these holes in themselves, and they're looking for somebody else to fill those in, right? So anyway, I could be wrong. I don't think so, but I could be wrong. Uh, and that's that's a, an, another difference between me and a lot of people, right? And this is not an arrogance thing. It's not a ring of the bell kind of thing. This is an independent, strong person kind of thing, right? I am willing to be wrong. Hell, I'm willing to be so wrong, so far in left field, if you know the baseball reference, right, that I'm freaking parking cars in the parking lot. But when I find out that I'm wrong and I'm acknowledging and I acknowledge it, right, um, I'm going to make changes. I'm going to fix it. I'm not going to fight to death to hold on to the bullshit that I told myself. But at the same time, when I say I'm willing to be wrong, I also mean I'm willing to be wrong in the eyes of other people who are following bullshit conventional wisdom. I'm willing to be so far different from them. I could be the only one in the room doing what I'm doing. It's okay. Right? So, let's see. Uh, stop teaching me. Okay. I believe their heart was in the right place. They wanted to reach me. To defend my, or teach me to defend myself since I was a girl, but when it came to where I could hurt them, no more lessons. Yeah, <laughs> I remember I was um, my uh, my ex-wife. 
she trained in this and she actually trained uh, under my teacher because I didn't want to be the one promoting her. I didn't want anybody coming into the dojo going, oh, she's that rank because she's married to the teacher. And, no, no, no. Okay. You can go to see my teacher too and he can promote you and then all bets are off, right? But anyway, um, uh, she was 5'2", five, 5'3", five, something like that. I mean, not that I'm very tall, 5'6", and change, right? But we get these big guys because we live uh, right near several penitentiaries, right? Several uh, prisons, uh, state prison, a couple of uh, federal prisons, that kind of thing, right? So we get these corrections officers coming in, big guys, big guys, right? And when she, we would show them, like, knee leverage takedowns and all kinds of things like that, right, where it only took a little bit of uh, energy and effort because it takes 65 pounds per square inch to break an adult knee. I don't care if it's me or Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? Um Catch it at the right angle and the right, you know, with the right pressure, and it goes, right? Um, they wouldn't stay more than a class or three because they had a hard time believing that somebody as small as me or my ex-wife or whatever um, could put them on the ground that easily. And it shook them that much to their core because their entire lives, these guys were like, what, 6'4", 6'5", 6'7", whatever, right? Big guys, right? And that just flew in the face of, because they, they'd always been able to be stronger, bigger, you know, survive certain things and whatnot because they had bigger muscles, body mass, and whatnot, right? So that can, that can absolutely really shake people. Absolutely, right? So um, I'm proud of my, my younger girls or my students or whatever when they put me down and stuff because I'm like, yes, absolutely. Now you have it, right? right? So now it's time to, like, shift those things. But at the same time, see, at my dojo, I have, a, I have what I call a master's creed. We have a student creed, which is for brand-new students coming in. We have vows of intention for those who put themselves on a path and dedicate themselves to growth. We have a, a warrior's creed, right, which is just flat out, this is how I live. This is not about belief. It's not about intention. This is just the way it is. And then I develop a master's creed. I don't make any of the other instructors quote this learn it or anything like that. This is strictly for me. And my master's creed is the day I cease learning, the day I stop being a student is the day I am no longer fit to be a teacher. So if my students ever get close enough to be able to take me that way, I am either 95 and half decrepit in a foot and a half into the freaking casket, or I've already stopped learning and they're catching up. And, and they need a different teacher. They, I need to pass them off to somebody else. And I've already done that. Right? So, but I absolutely believe that. The day I am, that day I cease to be a student is the day I'm no longer fit to be a teacher. Because the teacher should always, if this path is about growth and, and progress, there is no end. There's no end to the path. Everybody wants there to be an end. Right? Everybody wants certainty. Welcome to freaking life. Right? It's called a path for a reason. Right? It's a path for a reason. If a path ends, you've either walked into a damn wall or fallen off a cliff. Paths don't end. They merge with other paths or whatever. Right? But by and if a path ends, freaking make your own. It doesn't mean you have to stop walking. Again, more bad freaking lessons from people. Right? Anyway, all right, so uh, realization number four, aim higher than you can imagine and expect to fail.
<gasps> but failing is not good. Failing is an F. Fail all. Right? Every successful person has failed more often than everyone who has ever attempted to be successful. There was a poster a bunch of decades ago. I mean, what was Michael Jordan at the, at the top of his game, right? Uh, yeah, pun intended, right? The poster that was out had a picture of him, right? And a simple quote, right? I am a success. Right? What it, what it listed, like, how many free throws he missed, it, uh, it, uh, how many uh, dunks, how many shots he took, and how many he missed, and all that kind of stuff, right? I missed, I missed, I missed, all these kind of things, right? And at the bottom it said, I am successful because I failed so many times and kept going. Right? So failure is like this bad word we were taught. Don't fail, don't fail, don't fail. Get straight A's, da, 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 right? No wonder we're freaking anxious, right? Straight, a, straight A's never made anybody rich. And going back to, like, setting a goal before you even know how you're going to accomplish it, right? I don't care what you think of Elon Musk or his goal to go to go to Mars or anything like that, right? right? Me, Elon Musk had that goal from the time he was 13 years old. Not only his dad was a salesman and mom was a, a teacher or something like that, right? Had not only did he not have the freaking aerospace engineering degree, or not even I don't even know if he has that now, right? Uh, not only did he not have all this stuff, and he didn't have the gazillions of dollars or whatever, but he had no freaking idea how he was going to even make that happen. But that single goal has caused him to create all the companies and do all the things he's had because they had to create the technology and the money and all that to get to the big goal, knowing that he might fail. He might die before it ever happens. Okay? So here's the thing, and this is where my regret, right, that I, I didn't set my goals high enough, right, is aim higher than you can imagine and expect to fail. Right? Not make it to the goal. Right? That doesn't mean that I, everything, if I fail, right, it all falls apart. No, no, no. If I set the goal that far and that big, and I fall short of making it, what most people call failing, how far did I go? Even if I did 40%, let's say that my goal for the end of 2022 is make $10 million. And I fall short and I only make 1% of that. How much did I make? $100,000. Made 10% of that, made a million dollars. People don't think big enough. We weren't taught to think big enough. Okay? Let me get my black belt. What the hell does that mean? Okay? Set it so big that you think you're insane. I just told a couple of really, really close people and people on my team that are going to help me do these things. And if you're 2022, I'll, I'll let some folks know some of these things. But um, when, I, when I told them a couple of the goals, right, eyebrows went up. They sucked in. That's a big one. Yep. Next words out of my mouth were, ask me how I'm going to do it. How are you going to do it? I don't know. What I do know is I will figure it out. 
Will I make it that far? Don't know. Probably not. But look how freaking far I will be when I fall short. This is an exercise that I give to my my uh, the, the youth students at the school when we're doing the life uh, mastery thing uh, around success and goal setting. And I'll say, same thing every other adult in their life says, right? What do you want to be when you grow up? Right? Okay, fair enough. Okay? You don't even know enough about life yet, right? There's another thing, right? We were conditioned from early childhood to pick something. We were going to be the, the rest of our lives based on a choice made from a perspective and, and an understanding and all that. We had no freaking idea what all was available or if we were even going to like that thing or not. And what was all involved, the good and the bad, right? I've changed positions more often and directions more often, right? And more often than not, I'm smiling. While everybody else is freaking resentful and bitching and all that because they hate their job, they hate their, uh, if I knew what this was like when I started, I would have got, who said you can't drop what you're doing now and go do that thing? Well, I'm at this point in my life, seriously, seriously? Seriously. So you've suffered this long. Why not just suffer to the grave? Fantastic. Plan. Right? Anyway. Right? So, um, but, but my realization was, and this is where my regret lies, right? Aim so high that you're guaranteed to fail. On that target. Because if you set a goal that's easy to reach, <laughs> seriously? That was even worth setting. That's like, again, looking at my money, my time, my whatever, and then having options. Well, our goal this year is to go to Disney. When are you going to Disney? Oh, December, da 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 um, What obstacles are in your way? Oh, none. We've already got the time off. We were, well, That's not a fucking goal that you scheduled. You scheduled a trip. That's not a goal. That's a scheduled trip. Seriously, that's a goal? That's like having a goal of waking up in the morning. Unless you're dying of cancer and every day is a freaking challenge, it's not a goal. And if it is a goal, I don't know, I don't want to see the rest of your life. Not even close. Now, some of this stuff I'm still working on. Because I still have those, when I set these really big goals, because if I really had a big set of brass balls, I'd have added a zero, at least one zero, to my financial goals, and I would have added a whole bunch of other things to my martial goals, to my relationship goals, and all that kind of stuff. But at the moment, I want to put all my energy in one direction. But I also know myself that when I get, if I if I get to 80% of these goals before the deadline, I will move, I will, I'm not going to move the deadline, right? It came to here. So I'll just expand the, the goal. I'll make it a bigger challenge to get more done in that amount of time. Okay. It's kind of like the commission system I have at the dojo. When I bring people on as staff originally, right? They're on a commission base and they're on a 90 day, um, uh, probationary period, right? Cause if they can't bring in or they can't help the dojo grow, they can't at least replace their own paycheck in 90 days, then they don't want to grow. 
They just want to collect a paycheck. And if they don't want to grow, they can't help me grow. They can't help the dojo grow. But the way the thing is set up is we have a monthly goal, right? 20 basic new student enrollments and all that kind of stuff, right? Kind of works out to a certain kind of thing or whatever, right? Because you got to keep the doors open for the people that are really serious. But anyway, right? So if we make that goal, there's a commission pot or there's a bonus pot, right? If we make that goal by the 20th of the month, more money goes into the commission pot because we got 10 more days to exceed the monthly goal. We make it by the 15th, more goes in because now we have another whole half a month to exceed the goal. I'm, I'm one of those guys that's more, more than willing to share the wealth, but only to people that are goal-oriented, growth-oriented, right, and want to live a freaking fantastic life. Anyway, all right, realization number five. Got to get this thing wrapped up here pretty soon, right? So uh, realization number five is that 80% won't do what they have to do to be successful. I've watched it. I once offered offered one of my black belts, um, not quite a partnership, but it would have led there, right? Uh, for teaching at the school, helping school grow, and all. It's really, really, really good. I need my state job, right? I, I need safety and I need security. No such thing. Have you seen the government shut down several times? Almost lost his house. Because the state budget seized up and welfare people got paid, but the state employees didn't. They had to put second mortgages on their freaking houses and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Everybody wants certainty. Like we all came out of the womb with a guarantee that we were going to live a certain amount of years and have a certain type of life and all that kind of stuff. Really? Wow. Interesting. So anyway, right, 80% will not do what they have to do to be successful, right? I could literally give everything away for free. I know, a bunch of you are like salivating now. Will you? Will you? Okay. I, I could literally give, give everything away for free. And 80% still won't do what they have to do to be successful. All they care about is they didn't have to pay for the training. What I find, here's, here's a sub-realization, right, as a martial arts instructor and as a consultant. Those who have paid me the most in time, effort, resources, yes, money, right, have been more committed, have complained less, and have accomplished their goals more often than those that I gave discounts and bargains and freebie shit to and all that. The people that paid the least complained the most, quit the soonest, didn't practice, nothing. Because zero or free or discount has less value attached to it. See, now Sensei's all about money. Nope. I have the same perspective that Ninja have always had. Money is a tool, just like my Hanbo, my sword. I shoot again, but mindset, it allows me to accomplish goals faster and more effectively and more efficiently than scraping and clawing. Money's the root of all evil. It's not what the Bible says. 
says the love of money is the root of all evil. Get it right, or don't quote it. Money is nothing but a tool. And without money, you better be growing chickens and corn and all kinds of shit that you can barter with other people who need that thing to give you what they have so that you don't starve. But that's not going to happen in today's world because too many people are used to kicking back on their ass because, well, the government says I only have to work eight hours, but I get breaks here, here, here. I've showed you my, my little planner book and all that. And on most of these days, right, there's very few that don't say it, right? Where I mark out my lunch, it says working lunch. And then after it, there's a slash and what I'm doing while I'm eating my sandwich or whatever I'm at. Okay? I don't have time. I don't have time. You don't have time. Anybody that ever told you that you have time was full of shit. Don't worry. Don't don't stress yourself. You have time. Really? It's the one thing you can't get back. I can lose all my money and make money back. Right? I could. Well, I did. Slip, fall, break my back, ended up in the hospital and stuff. Rehabilitate myself and get my skill set back. Can't get time back. Can't. Okay? So here's here's the truth. Here's what I, well, truth to me, right? Here's my realization. No matter what, 80% won't do what they have to do to be successful, even if you handed them the shit for free. Even if you took them by the hand and drug them to where they need to be and said, look, do X, Y, Z, ding, you'll get the reward. They won't do it. Okay? 20, 20% will be interested, for those of you listening on Apple Tunes and on Spotify and all that, right? I'm making air quotes, right? They'll be interested and give it a, here's the air quotes again, a try. Got it? They'll be interested they'll give it a try, Right? Some will keep going, most won't, because it's going to end up being more challenging than they imagined it to be, right? Only 5% will actually do it, and only about 1% or 2% will really go all in. Okay? I just recently told my students... Um, especially my Shinobi Kai students, my, my inner circle, really close people, right? Um, most people are here to learn, you know, self-defense, martial arts, or whatever, right? And, but, but that's average, right? Again, everybody's racing to be average, but a little bit better, right? What are my black belt? Okay, what's going to make you different than anybody else? Maybe one in a thousand, one in 10,000 black belts have the skills necessary to defend themselves against a freaking enraged killer, because most of those people are doing sport martial arts. I'm not saying they can't defend themselves, right? But that's not what they're training for. You get what you aim for. Talk about that coming up here pretty soon. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, there was a, there was a uh, business coach. His name was Zig Ziglar. Uh, he said, uh, if you aim for nothing, you'll hit it every time. Okay. Anyway, so um, what I told them was, I'm not teaching you, I'm not training you to be in the top 20%. Right? Only 5% are, are do, doers anyway, right? I'm not teaching you to be in the top 
I'm not even teaching you to be in the top 1%. I am teaching you to be in the 1% or 2% of the 1%. You can, what it really comes down to is you can either produce results with this stuff in your life, and not just in, what, in defending yourself against what? Most of us live in a pretty pretty safe area, right? Pretty safe world with a likelihood of being attacked, right? Unless you're in a job like Carl or I used to be or whatever, it's not going to happen that often. So what the hell are you going to use the rest of the stuff for for the rest of the time? Luckily, Nietzsche has all this stuff about life mastery. Nobody wants that because, you know, I might end up being one of those assholes that – you know, those people that I called assholes, and I don't want to be one of those because then I'd be a hypocrite because now I'm doing that stuff. Hmm. Interesting. Money can't make you happy. Made me freaking happier than being poor. I know. I used to be. Yeah. You know, being a martial arts master, you whatever, you know. Don't you know enough? I don't know. But I don't want to end up being in a situation and need something that I'm not good at. It's amazing to me how many people stop in the lower Q levels. Okay? Um, maybe sometime I'll cover the, uh, the uh, equivalent chart that I borrowed from a teacher uh, that we came up with to to relate the belt colors from white belt to black belt and beyond to Western academic school grades. I mean, people would be surprised to find out that they quit at a level that was equivalent in the Western, you know, yes, you know your ABCs and all that kind of stuff, but if you compare the, the building blocks and the knowledge that you're learning in your martial stuff to the equivalent on the academic stuff, how many people would be surprised or even offended or pissed off at me because I made such a chart, right, to find out that they dropped out of school, right, the dojo, right, somewhere between preschool and second grade. But they're damn well confident that they could protect themselves against a killer. Cool. Maybe I should be learning from you. Anyway. All right, realization number six. Energy flows where attention goes. Okay, I know teachers told me that over and over and over again, but the reality is that which, that which gets measured gets accomplished. It gets finished. It become, it gets attained, right? So many people have nebulous goals, right? What about black belt? Okay. What's it going to take to get to black belt? Well, I have to learn these skills. Okay. How many pun, how many, how many fudokens, right? How many punches? How many skis, right? Shikankan, whatever. Do you have to throw? Do you have to practice for that to get into muscle memory so that you own it and you don't just know it? Right? For those of you listening audio only, knowing or owning it, I'm pointing at my body. Knowing it, I'm pointing at my cranium. Right? Because if you only know it, the first time you're freaked out or surprised, guess what? You're not going to have access to those neural circuits. It's not wired into muscle memory. It ain't coming out when you're not thinking. It's 
way it works. Okay. Um, so we have to establish benchmarks and measurements and, and baselines and, and things like that, right? That's what, that's what a good sub curriculum and a lesson plan that teachers teach off of and, and, uh, testing standards and all that kind of stuff do so that somebody can be sure or as sure as possible that they can do what it is that they think they can do. I scrambled somebody's brain the other night. They said, the problem is that most people think that they can do what they think they can do, but they can't. And you know that as soon as you put some pressure on the technique or you confuse them or you cause a little bit of disorientation or whatever. One of the cool techniques I have for mid-level and upper-level people is they'll stand facing their partner and then they'll do... Uh, I don't know, like 20 jumping jacks. They'll drop and do like 20 push-ups. They'll stand up and spin around in one direction five times, spin around the other direction five times, come to stop in front of their partner, and then their partner's going to punch, grab, or kick. And they have to execute their come or whatever. Okay? Their brain is out of sorts. Their breathing is fast. Their heart is racing. Their muscles are shaking exactly like the adrenal response and the fight, flight, or freeze mechanism. Well, not exactly. Pretty close. Okay. Well, who the hell wants to do that? Now I risk failing. Oh, what will people think of me if I mess this up? I don't know. That you don't know it well enough? Can't have them think that. That'll blow the whole facade out of the water, won't it? Shit. My, my BS is going to go, well, that's not going to work. Anyway, all right. So, again, this is what the Ninja Seishin Teki training is all about, right? Seishin Teki, Seishin Teki Kyoyo, right, is the first level of the Togakure Ryu's training of their 18 levels of ninja training, right? It's about personal clarity, spiritual refinement, personal development, however you want to translate that, right? Um, it's about becoming the Tatsujin. Right? Tatsujin is a Japanese term. It, it became um, associated with, like, master swordsman, right? But Tatsujin, I once broke this down during, uh, during a seminar or whatever, but basically what the, the two... Tatsu, yeah, Tatsu Jin. The two kanji represent, Jin is a person, right? Tatsu is this other thing, right? But it means fully accomplished, right? Or fully actualized. Tatsu Jin is a fully actualized human being. That is the target that my teachers gave me. Not to be a master martial artist. To be a fully actualized human being. And yes, I'm still working on it. Come up short a lot, right? But that's the goal. Okay? To be fully actualized so that whatever it is I'm trying to accomplish, you do that. Okay? Right now, I think I have more commitment and more heart than some days I have energy. I know that because I'll have this laptop on my lap, in bed, sitting up, working until 1, 2, 3 o'clock in the morning to get projects done that come hell or high water, will get finished. And I will realize that I'm asleep and open my eyes and my fingers are hovering over my keyboard. And I fell asleep and I have no idea when. That's my clue. Close it up. Go to sleep. Get back up. Say 7 o'clock the next morning and hit back at it. Because, folks, I don't have time. Next month I turn 59. I don't have time. 
Yeah. I'm not going to act like I have time. I have goals. I have shit to be done. And I know how cheesy this sounds, but I have a legacy to leave behind. I don't want my dojo to die with me. I want Warrior Concepts to still be helping people be and live to their best self long after I'm gone. I don't have any kids that are, like, interested in doing it. I mean, I have kids, but they've got their own things. So I I have to leave something behind that is going to make sure this happens. And I firmly believe that at this time in human history, Nijitsu is necessary again. And part of one of my goals for 2022 is to bring Nijitsu back. The Ninja Boom was in the 80s. We're going to do another one. So let's go. Anyway, one more realization. This was the bonus one that I wrote down. That's what I was just talking about. Time. Time, 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 time. Okay? It's the only thing that you never get back. I mentioned that earlier. Anyone who told you, don't worry, you have time, was full of it. It's bullshit. Right? How much further would you be if you started 10 years ago? How much further would you be if you started with all this stuff and really kicked in and, and got away from your programming and all that kind of stuff and really kicked in your potential five years ago? How about a year ago? How about six months ago? Now, before you go and get all pessimistic because uh, I just like whittled it all down and I'm, I suck. Start now. Stop waiting for the best time. Stop waiting for the right time. Stop waiting for Ann Minnie to die and will you a million dollars so that you'll have the money to do the things you want to do. Hope you have an Aunt Minnie that has a million dollars that can bullet to you. Right? Stop getting in your own way. Stop dreaming small. Everybody already thinks you're crazy anyway. Just freaking show them. Anyway, questions? Do or do not. There's no try. Um, anybody else? Any questions? Stop. Oh, stop. No, no. Sorry. Let me see if anything else popped up here. Anybody? Anything? Scroll back. Dun, dun, dun. All right, I don't see anything, any, uh, guys. Um, I'm going to wrap things up because I have a whole bunch of stuff to do tonight and tomorrow, and I'll, I'll be in and out during my cruise thing because I'll still be working late nights, even though I'll be trying to rest and get, uh, you know, get as much enjoyment out of my trip uh, throughout the days as possible. But it's just my nature. Okay. People would like to say uh, I'm a workaholic or whatever. Uh, no, I'm fanatical about accomplishing my goals that I think would make the world a better place. Okay. I know it would make my life better. Okay. And my job, but my, my passion is to drag as many. <laughs> and I mean drag, because people are not conditioned to do this stuff. To drag as many of the well-intentioned. It's not about to drag the ones who are the doers. Right? My goal is to drag as many of the well-intentioned across the finish line so that they can do the shit that they I've always wanted to do. So they can be rock stars too. Right? 
as many as possible before they put dirt on me. Actually, they're not going to put dirt on me. I'm going to be cremated, and uh, they're going to scatter me at sea. I want to be returned to where we all came from. So, anyway, that being said, I will talk to everybody again next time. Oh, uh, watch your email next day or so. Uh, there's going to be a list coming out with, like, all these programs and ebooks and all that kind of stuff that I have uh, that uh, we're doing an end-of-the-year sale, uh, 50% off uh, everything. You get... Uh, get three things. Uh, you, I'll give you two more at uh, same or lesser cost or whatever. Uh, and then I've got this big old package deal and all that kind of stuff. So everybody really wants to freaking jag that jazz, uh, jazz things and just go. Um, and for anybody who uh, wants to talk about actually like training with me, getting in my inner circle and doing things, uh, shoot me an email. Warrior C at warrior-concepts-online.com and in the, uh, in the, uh, the field, the, the subject line, right? Put call request. Okay. I'll be checking my email and all that throughout the, uh, my, my trip here for the rest of the week. Uh, but we can get some, some things scheduled and, um, and talk about it. And I, I don't just take anybody. So the first thing we're going to talk about is where you are, where you want to go, uh, all those kind of things, right? Just qualifier questions that I have. And, uh, I need to make sure that we're a good fit. Okay. Not just, not just me being the right teacher for you, but I want to make sure that I'm getting the right students. Okay. So, um, that ought to shut a whole bunch of people down because doubt's going to pop in for a bunch of people anyway. So anyway, I'm just fun to listen to on a Monday night, right? All right. That's it. I'm going to, I'm going to wrap this up and, um, bring up my other, where are my other little things here? There we go. All right, that's it, guys. I'll talk to you again next time. Be safe. Train hard. Live well. Get more of Kudan Radio. Subscribe to your favorite podcasting site or subscribe at ModernNinjaWarrior.com.